In the mid-1990s, the Tales of the Jedi comic series was arguably at the peak of its popularity. And with the writer's baton passed from Ton Vetch to Kevin J. Anderson, the series went on to tell the epic saga of Dark Jedi Exar Kun and of Uluk Keldroma's fall and redemption. We're talking today about the last story arcs in the Tales of the Jedi, and you're listening to Legends Library from the Star Wars Book Community Podcast. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to Legends Library from the Star Wars Book Community Podcast. I'm your host for today, Johnny Maynard, and I'm joined once again by two of the community's finest Legends aficionados. First up is the mighty Bookstagrammaticus himself. It's Alex Taylor. Hi, Alex. Hello. Hey, good to have you back again. Great to be here. Thank you. And back again with us is the legend himself, Jesse Gardner. Hi, Jesse. Hi. Good to be back. Yeah, great to talk to you again, Jess. We've had a minor rebrand on the old Legends in 15 Minutes. Um, <laughs> we knew it was coming. It was inescapable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think sort of, you know, a, a similar story with the Canon show as well. Sort of every now and again, mm. we're having these chats off mic at the end thinking, <laughs> yeah, we're, no, we're really not delivering those 15 minute shows. We're, 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 we're yeah. The um, the media lawyer in me was kind of feeling a bit uh, a bit awkward <laughs> about about the unfulfilled advertising claim, you know. Well, it's um, a it's a nice idea, but you would almost have to have the whole thing scripted, yeah, yeah. in order to really yeah. fulfill it. Indeed, I mean, I, I think we can achieve pretty much the same thing as we've been doing. These sort of still shorter than average shows that are kind mm. of giving folk a good sense of what a particular story is you know um yeah. sort of picking at it enough that hopefully we're reminding folk who have read this stuff how great it is and uh, maybe piquing other folks interest along the way um so today we've got another batch of tales of the jedi stories to talk about um we already spoke a month or so ago i guess um alex and i about the prequel stories around the sith empire those were also written in this back half of the titles run but that mm -hmm. really just leaves us now with the sort of chronologically final three arcs we've got dark lords of the sith the sith war and redemption all written by Kevin J. Anderson. And as usual, these have been published in various forms since the 90s. You've got the trade paperbacks, the Dark Horse Omnibuses, um, that they find them, you'll find them in the Dark Horse Omnibus Tales of the Jedi Volume 2, uh, or indeed in the Marvel Epic Collection more recently. And there you're looking for Tales of the Jedi Volume 3. Um, there was a query on, on one of the social media ch uh, channels recently about the digital copies of this stuff they're all on marvel unlimited at the very least um i do know mm -hmm. you can get them collected either single issues or sort of in the trade paperback collections you'll find them on there as well i believe you can also get them digitally on amazon oh uh, yes at, of course at least in it, some countries you can you can get the kindle editions that's that's how i did it yeah all 99 an issue that's how i did it with redemption and yeah there is a uh, there is a be all end all uh old republic omnibus hardcover coming uh i believe later this year uh from yes. marvel that's going to have all of these arcs in a single volume 
Oh, which, nice. do I need it? No. Do I, I want... want it? Yes. Yeah. Those Marvel <laughs> omnibuses are. I mean, f- for me, they're just too darn big. They're just... <laughs> I know they're enormous. They really are. It is. It's. It, it's. It's. You know inevitable carpal tunnel syndrome just trying to get through the thing yeah you almost need like a like a lectern set up yeah to, to read the thing they're you just would. so cool it's, though it's yeah fun. yeah or sort of um yeah but, but borrow the cookbook stand from the kitchen i think that was yes prop that on your desk yeah mm-hmm. yeah so yes let's start with the first of these story arcs dark lords of the sith uh, I guess here we're picking up shortly after the events of the Freedon Mad uprising that we discussed the last time, uh, and all of the original cast of characters are returning. Uh, but we're also introduced to Jedi Exar Kun, whose hunger for power and dark side knowledge leads him first to Onderon, where he crosses paths with our heroes, and then to notable Sith locations like Korriban and uh, Yavin 4. And now Alex... Exar Kun. We meet him first as this sort of arrogant apprentice clashing with his master and fellow apprentices, the Cathar couple, Credo and Silvar. But very quickly, he's off on his own. What are your thoughts on him in this first arc? He's an interesting character. Um, of course, he was first introduced in the uh, Jedi Academy trilogy, the novels. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is giving his backstory how he got to Yavin Four, yeah. Uh, in in the location that that he's later discovered. Um, yeah. So yeah, Luke trips across him or his spirit on Yavin. Yes, Thor, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, mm-hmm. I have not read those books since since, since the mid '90s, but yeah, that's my record. I've read them more recently than that. I I think um, if I'm remembering correctly, Jess has has read them more recently than either of us. Uh, yeah, I is, read that, is that right, recently. Jess? Yeah, I went through and I read them. Yeah, so we're we're again. we're getting the details right. Yeah, the details are all right. I didn't know that. All right, Exar Kun came from the Jedi Academy trilogy, though. I was assumed. Ah, so I might actually maybe somebody should should do a quick Wikipedia check. Uh, I I was remembering that he was first introduced in those novels also of course penned by kevin j anderson yeah uh, but did yeah. these comics come first or was it the novels that's very Any, good anybody know i don't okay. know <laughs> i think the comics i did. fully intended i fully <laughs> intended to look it up on wikipedia before uh, yeah. tonight and didn't yeah. Um, so the, 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 this is podcasting gold people this is the sound of three three middle-aged <laughs> men googling at the same time (laughs) uh well as for his as for his character he's he's definitely of these characters that we see in the comics who have a tragic arc uh who who start more or less good and end bad uh we've got the uh the Dargon twins in the 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 prequel uh, series yeah. the Dark Lords of the Sith and or, sorry not Dark Lords the Golden Age of the Sith and Fall of the Sith Empire. Uh, then we've got uh, of course Ulik who we'll we'll talk about his his fall and redemption later. But of of these characters, Exar Kun uh, I think starts out pretty clearly the the least likable uh, and and yeah. the most on the way to to his fall already. 
because uh, he he gives lip service to the idea that he is interested in these dark forbidden secrets for good and altruistic reasons but it's pretty clear to the reader that mm. that, that is not the case from no, the beginning he's, he's already um he's very prideful he's arrogant um he has no respect for his master he's 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 sending up all the wrong signals right from the indeed start. indeed i mean the, that those opening scenes of him and sort of having those clashes the sort of lightsaber clashes but also you know the, 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 there's friction between the personalities as well. Yeah. Um, Exar and his master, um, Vodou Seos Yeah. Seos Basque. Yeah. And um, very cool and, character. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's great. He's great. I, I um, love, I love the fact that he, he doesn't use a lightsaber. He uses his gnarly little walking stick, like a shillelagh. And yeah. So it's, it's not. It's not swordsmanship versus swordsmanship. It's it's Exar Kun as a duelist fighting him with his lightsaber and his master fighting back with his power in the force. It's his willpower. Yeah. Like he is, he is imbuing that stick with enough power in the force to to combat a lightsaber effectively. And that that's just yeah. that's very very cool. It is very cool. It's it, it's absolutely super. Um and, and we need more sort of bipedal crustacean Jedi masters generally. Absolutely. That and, <laughs> and tree tree men sort of ent like Jedi masters oh, the net like Ood Benora. Yes. Ood, that, yeah, I think they... he is my favorite of the weird Jedi masters in these comics. Ood Benar, the net yes. this sort of very tree like oh yeah, he's superb. Yes. Um <laughs> it, this is a tangent, but I I did read in the last six months or so Red Harvest, which is sort of a a horror oh, inflected right take on it's set sort of a bit after this so we'll get to it eventually um it's more in the in the proper old republic era so that there's like a sort of a sith librarian who's the same species mm -hmm. that uh, he's really creepy um but they, they make for great characters uh i kind of i'd, I'd love yeah. to see something like that realized in in sort of some maybe some of the new projects they've got going on that absolutely be, yeah that would be very exciting yeah yeah, so Exar Kun very much sort of from the first beat, kind of a bit of it. <laughs> I was going to use a rude word. He's not very likable. He's, he's not very, he's a, not a nice man. We'll say it that way. No, no <laughs> indeed. Jesse, Jesse, what about you? Are, are we getting that wrong? Is, is Exar Kun just misunderstood? No, he's definitely uh, not a nice man. He's like arrogant and he's a liar. He's on the dark path before we even meet him, I think. Whereas he's an, I love, what I like about mm, Exar yeah. is he's a mirror for Ulik. We see, you know, Exar's on the dark path yep. to begin with, and Ulik goes down the dark path. Like, you know, he starts out good. And so you've got the contrast of doing the right thing for wrong reasons and just doing the wrong thing. And Exar's always, you know, arrogant. Yeah. He's just doing the wrong thing. Yeah. yeah, when yeah. when Exar claims that he's doing it for the right thing, he's doing lying. the wrong thing for the right reason. Yeah, we, he's lying. lying I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we we don't we don't believe him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, th there is that one moment of weakness, I suppose, of genuine weakness, where I mean, he's manipulated by the spirit of Freedon Nad. He's led to Korriban, the ancient oh, yeah. sort of tomb world of the Sith, uh, and. Freedom Nad causes basically a cave in and and 
Exar is basically fatally wounded. He's, he's broken. Every bone is shattered. Uh, and sort of basically nad blackmails him and just you know, say, call out to the dark side and then you'll be healed. You know, accept the dark side. Um, and, you know, there's, the, I guess, that's the one moment where, you, I guess you can say, he's, he's sealed the deal and he's, he's taken that final step onto the path for a reason. But up to that point, he still... He was just making all the choices for himself to go to that place, you know. Yeah. He got he himself in that situation. He he keeps he keeps insisting that he's able to resist the dark side. Yeah, uh, which he That's he clearly true. can't. Even after that point, he does, doesn't he? Even after that yeah. point, he says, "I'll never succumb to the dark side." And Nads, well, Great. you did. <laughs> yeah. You already are. Yep, you have. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Indeed. Indeed. Okay. So that's Exar. Um, let, let's have a look at Ulik. Um, Jesse, you were saying that it's interesting. Sort of Ulik and Exar kind of as mirrors for one another because they're on similar paths, but for, for, as you say, for different reasons. Mm. Um, so Alex, Ulik Keldrama. I mean, he himself, as we said, is sort of taking his own first steps towards the dark side in this arc. Is that a development that you enjoyed? Um, mm, yes and no. I think mm. it's it's one of the things in this series that is a is a better idea than its execution allows it to mm-hmm. be. I um, I am not particularly impressed with uh, the the writing of Ulik and some of the characters surrounding him, particularly um, Nomi mm-hmm. um, in, in this, this, these two volumes, um, Dark Lords of the Sith and, and the Sith War. Um, I, I think the, the broad strokes of his fall um they they track they make sense i could i could see this happening to this character um but what we actually see of that in writing i'm just i'm just not convinced by um yeah it is part of that it is, is broad like, strokes sorry go on yes it, it is well part of it is there is a there is a romantic and sexual element to this with his relationship with alima and so on and you can tell mm. they were trying very very hard to keep everything pg yeah. Um, so <laughs> there's like there's P- these PG of with a lot of leg on show. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> lots of lots of like, lots of leg. So yeah, and I I it it just it feels all at once exploitative and also mm-hmm. really really tame and underdone. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's a, it's a weird <laughs> kind of combination. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I I just. Um, like I, I, I believe that that Ulic, as portrayed and introduced in the 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 arcs prior to this, could fall in this way. But I'm I'm just um, I'm not totally satisfied yeah. with the way that yeah, that it I came mean, out. Th- yeah, and, and they they sort of you know the the introduction to Exar Kun in, in a way mirrors the introduction of Ulic back in the Beast Wars of Onderon 
Hmm. Insofar as we, we meet them both kind of in a training session. There's a little bit with Exar earlier than that. It's true. But, you know, the sort of training session with, with, with fellow apprentices and the master. And, you know, in that session yeah. uh, with, with Ulick, you know, he's sort of encouraged to sort of tone down his arrogance a bit because he gets overconfident and the, the training droid blasts him in the back, you know, and it's all about calm down. And, like, you know, there is that Wait. sort of Ulick's arrogant and he's kind of, he has the, the seeds are there. And we see that with Exar as well, but Exar maybe is further along that path already, as we see him in Exar. Yes, that they they have, they definitely have the same tendency. I feel like Ulik was more willing to work on it. Like he he became humbled and kind of stepped back. Whereas Exar, no, he wasn't even humbled during the duel with his master when his master what? If I remember, did he win? I think he did. Yeah. 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 He, he he's just not hearing. He's just not hearing the message. And, and I guess th th there's a difference there, isn't there? Insofar as um, that conflict between Vodou and Exar, it's, it's sort of it's the last thing we see before then. The next thing we see of Exar is he's off rogue on his own. So I, I guess mm. we're to believe that sort of that that was kind of the final straw, maybe for Exar. He's just had enough. That sort of conflict with his master. He's done. He's breaking ties. Whereas Ulik sort of comes through comes through a different journey and it's actually he he still loves his master and it's the death of his master arca that mm. kind of is the final seal for him and okay what i need to do here is i need to um go ahead with my plan and go basically undercover join the craft which is sort of this um secret society that um satal and lee makito who we met in the freedom uprising that they've mm. gone on to set up I'm going to join them, learn their secrets, and sort of basically take them down from the inside. Um, so there's an interesting parallel there, I guess, with sort of the, their responses to their masters and the ways that their masters sort of preempt and sort of catalyze their journeys in a way. There's there's another great parallel uh, there at Master Arca's death, um, which he accepts very tranquilly. This is a yeah. this is a master. He he goes out in the same way that Obi Wan and, and Yoda do yeah. in the movies. He uh, he accepts what's coming um, peacefully, and at yeah. at the same time, you know what what else is happening right there? I think a page before in the comic, right there, is Exar Kun uh, accepting the dark side revivification. Yep. Yeah. So it's it's like um, it's like the parallel that we're shown at the end of Revenge of the Sith with Padme exactly what breathing her last breath, mm. and and uh, Darth Vader, you know, in, yeah. in a sense, breathing his first. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's the same it's, kind of cross cutting and just juxtaposition of yeah of ideas. It's yeah. it's really powerful. Um, yep. That that you see uh, a Jedi Master going out very peacefully and and accepting death. And uh, and this this new newborn Sith effectively uh, grasping at life, yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's very cool. It, it's interesting that isn't it? Because that's very on brand for the Sith as they've sort of developed and carried on, and even as we've sort of seen them in things like the Clone Wars and sort of the explanations that we've had for Darth Maul surviving, this kind of clinging to life at all costs. Yeah, you know. Um, but in in, the, in this, in, in in the way that we discussed before, the nineties kind of have have different takes on things. Um, mm -hmm. it, that here we're we're presented with a version of the dark side that can heal, 
you know? Yeah. There is, he- there is healing that can flow from the dark side if only you accept that. It's tainted, though. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 I guess it's kind of a monkey's paw thing. It's not free. It's true. It's that was I, I was I was struck by the uh, the similarity to uh, Darth Vader's uh, healing, if you will, uh, particularly as portrayed in the novelization by Matthew Stover, uh, mm-hmm. his, his description of um, Anakin, now Darth Vader, um, never being able to to hold his breath or stop breathing like his his yeah robotic oh. lungs automatically breathe for him he's he is yeah. forced to 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 go forced on to live on and, um, it's uh he, he's in pain all the time and and that's yeah i i don't have the uh, i don't think i'm gonna be able to find the the, the pages right away but um where uh when xr kun is is healed in that moment it's uh like like jesse said it's it's tainted there's something there's something wrong. Um, he he doesn't he doesn't feel like himself anymore. Yeah, yeah, indeed. And uh, this this that that reminds me of something else that popped out to me um, was this time through, which was um, sort of tainting with Ulick as well. He's injured at one point, and um during a battle where Aline has, is using her dark side sorcery and dark side powers and magics and it's this idea that it's not just a physical wound there's something in you know, there's, there's something rotten about it right he's, he's got this bandage on for quite a long time he, yeah they both maintain a spiritual wound yeah he says yes. he says something to Nomi at one point about this isn't just a physical wound i think that, the, the, the attack was imbued with dark side magic or something and it, it, right. it, it, it calls to mind something like i don't know the morgul blade from yeah yeah yes. it's very tolkien-esque exactly you know that kind of thing again that there there are wounds that are beyond physical and that don't heal properly and that will ever sort of forever kind of try to have a corrupting influence on you you know mm-hmm. um and, and maybe that's something that has weakened ulix resolve you know regardless of his intentions to you know whatever he intended to do as he went down that path he's weakened to some degree you know right yeah so the next story arc is the sith war which pretty much delivers just that mm. um ulik and Exar are they're brought together at the end of the preceding arc uh, finally, um, sort of on these parallel journeys, like they finally converge. Um, that's a terrible metaphor because parallel lines never converge. <laughs> <laughs> that's the point of parallel lines. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, Ulick, <laughs> Ulick and Exar, they're leading this coalition of Sith, sort of Massassi warriors and Mandalorian mm. warriors. Uh, against the Republic uh, in, in an epic conflict that gives most of the cast of characters plenty to do. There's a lot. There's a lot going on in these two arcs. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. for me, this the Sith War arc is kind of peak '90s downbeat legend tragedy. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yes, but before before we get into the tragedy and all the tragedy, um, ancient Mandalorians. Um, I think this is the earliest chronological appearance of Mandalorians in Star Wars. I don't think we've discussed them so far in our I, chronological trot through. I do believe stuff. you're right. 
I've been impressed with the Mandalorian. Yeah, I mean, it all holds up. It's still pretty close to the Mandalorian lore we have now. Like, you see, Ulix say he. I remember him fighting with the Mandalore, and did they duel? And when Ulix wins, he he gets to lead the Mandalorians against against them. Like, okay, that holds up. And they they look and they felt very much like the Knights of the Old Republic Mandalorians from the video game, which is what I thought of as their first real appearance. That's my first experience with the Mandalorians. And I had to actually look back today and I went, oh, no, this is it. This is where they do come from. And so they're stellar. The art style, the feel. We're still feeling echoes of this with the Darksaber in the Mandalorian show today. So it's, it's spot on, I think. And yeah, the, it's interesting you bring up the Knights of the Old Republic because that game, those two games in particular, lean very, very hard back into the lore coming from these Tales of the Jedi comics. They do. Probably, they're probably the, the most... Uh, the, it's probably, probably the, the stories in Legends that are most reverential towards sort of the, the Tales of the Jedi stuff. Yeah, uh, and have roots deep yeah. in all of these stories, the locations, um, which I think makes for a very enriching story experience. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned locations actually. Um, yeah. as I was looking at on their own induction, it was obviously Vodo and Exar, and they're on they're on Dan at the very beginning, aren't they? Exar and Vodo uh, and the and the others. And where they're having that little duel, there's kind of these little ru- they're sort of ruins, sort of the tumble down ruins uh, around them. And that reminded me very much of out on the Dantooine Plains in the game. There's an area where you meet the Cathar Jedi. And yeah. it looks very, Juhani. very similar. Yeah, Yuhani, that's right. Yeah. It, it's a, it, it, I guess it's probably quite intentionally referencing that, even if it's not meant to be the same place, just kind of calling to mind yeah. um, the visuals from our introduction to those Cathar. Jedi um, on yeah. back in, in, in this time. Yeah, I had the I had the same thought. Um, there were um, there were also some of those sort of um, fat trunked baobab tree looking trees uh, that are that are like the trees yes. that we see on on Dantooine in the, uh, yeah. In the game. Yeah, the, those games are actually a joy for anybody who loves these comics because they're just they're absolutely cool. they are oh, yes. full of stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, and as we said, as as we've talked about Jesse, yeah, Mandalorians, the Mandalorians in that game, very much drawing on on what we're seeing here. Um, Alex, whenever mm. we talked about the Sith Empire prequel stories a month or so ago, um. You talked about seeing strains of Greek tragedy in, in those sort of Sith yeah. Empire prequel stories. I mean, are, are we seeing more of the same here from Kevin J. Anderson? Is, is this more classical tragedy being channeled? By, by yeah, this um, I, by and large, yes, because um, we have um, we have characters who have the the potential for greatness. And and they do great deeds, um, and they are brought down ultimately uh, by by a a tragic flaw, by a mm-hmm. a um, hamartia, you know, a, a, a something something intrinsic in their character that is that, that is flawed and that shouldn't be there. 
yeah, they aren't they aren't brought down because of of, of some external force. They weren't defeated, you know. They they were they were brought down by their they own. They defeated. They fell. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I I, I think. I think by and large that's that's true. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I guess Exar's flaw is—is is it just his arrogance, his thirst for knowledge and power? Is, yeah, is it just, is it just a sheer um, hubris? Of he's it a very deceptive character. Hubris. Mm. Yeah. Um, he. So yeah, he he has. They they, they both have hubris. Uh, Exar Kun and and Ulic, um, like. Gav Dargan did in the the earlier chronologically yeah. stories, yeah. Um, but um, yeah, Exar adds uh, de- de- deceptiveness onto that as well. He's he's um, lying. He's a thief yeah. and a liar yeah. too. He goes and he steals the, you know, almost like he goes back to Onderon and steals the stuff from the Jedi Temple. Or not the Jedi Temple. So no, he doesn't have good qualities. Yeah. Yeah, it's um the Jedi have recovered some artifacts, some Sith artifacts relating to the Freedon Nad uprising and he sort of he presents himself there saying, "Oh, I'm a I'm a Jedi archaeologist and I've just come to there needs to be an official sort of investigation of the find." Yeah. Um and <laughs> Ma- Master Arca trots along and calls Bull on the whole thing. Yes. And, and yeah. t- basically tells him where to go. <laughs> Yeah. Um, which which yeah. is fantastic. Uh, yeah. and, 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 and everybody else, all the other Jedi, were thinking, "Oh, he's quite an impressive specimen, isn't he? We're going to let him pass." And Arcus just, "No, Sonny yeah. Jim, you are not going anywhere." <laughs> um, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly my favorite Arca moment of. of, of, of oh yeah, I think so. Actually, it's yeah, it's, it's pretty great. Same. It's pretty great. But yes, yeah, so, yeah. so yeah, you you're right. He he's just going straight into sort of duplicity, isn't he? Um, mm-hmm. to, to get what he wants, he, he falls straight off the path basically. Once he decides that he's not playing by the by the normal Jedi rules, kind of all bets are off as far as he's concerned. Yeah. So that reminds me of the Yoda. Line. Yeah. Once you start down the dark path, forever will it you know forever will it dominate your destiny. Yeah, and that, that's yeah. really present with it. Uh, absolutely, and I guess you're right. The the Uda line about going down the dark path and forever dominating your destiny. It, I guess it also applies to Ulik, even though sort of Ulik starting from better intentions. You know, um, his his story, yeah. I guess, is you know the road to hell is paved with good intentions. You know, he has a he means yeah. well. Um, but again, is it, is it hubris? I think it's a bit of hubris mixed with compassion. It's a bit. There's a bit more of Anakin Skywalker about Ulic Caldrama, or rather, a bit it more is. of Ulic Caldrama about Anakin Skywalker by the time yeah. they came. They yeah. came to tell his story. You know. Yeah, I agree. Does this guy's? Because it's been far too long since I read Dark Empire. Does that rationale? Does that tie in with Luke's reasons for his little stumble? It does. In Dark Empire. It, yeah. it really does. Luke goes that rings to learn well. from the Emperor. I, I'm not a fan of either of those. Luke is like, hey, I want to learn the dark side so I can defeat the Emperor. You're like, what the heck? Yeah. It doesn't track for me. No. Yeah, I... I those those comics, Dark Empire, the, the whole series, Dark Empire 2, Empire's End, are very nostalgic for me. Uh, and I, I love the art. I absolutely mm. love the art. Um, but... Even back when I first read them in the '90s, I thought this plot is absolutely bonkers. Uh, yeah. This is this is like crazy 
acid trip fan fiction. Yeah. yeah. Somehow Palpatine returns. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. We're, we're seeing little bits of that in sort of the, the Mandoverse and whatnot, aren't we? With all the, sort of the, the cloning tanks and all of that. It's all, it's right. drawing very heavily on Dark Empire. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Which is which is nice nostalgia. Um, I, I I agree. I've got very I've got very fond memories of Dark Empire, but I, I suspect that when I do reread it, <laughs> it might it might not stack up quite as well. It's as just very silly. It's very it's yeah. tonally and narratively at odds with with much of the rest of Star Wars. Everything it's one, else. It's one of those yeah. very strange sort of outliers, like some of the the seventies uh, Marvel comics or. Um, you know, so some of these other sort of very experimental early forays. Because um, remember, it was the earliest uh, Dark Horse. Yeah, I it. it was. Um, yeah, it came out the same Dark year Wars. as um, Dark Empire, Heir to the Empire in in uh, prose fiction. Uh, you know, the, yeah. those were the those were the pioneers, and um, I, I think absolutely, I think it's safe to say Timothy Zahn did a. Uh, did a did a better better job overall of of capturing the magic of the original trilogy and, yeah and, uh, but luke did look kind of cool facing down that at oh lightsaber. absolutely he looked you know he, looked he did definitely yeah. yeah yeah i mean the, art, the artwork th- was... there are yeah there are two panels that stick in my brain from dark empire we're, we're way off paced here there are two <laughs> there are two panels that stick in my brain from dark empire <laughs> one one is that panel of luke facing down the attack with his lightsaber mm. yep um and I, I may i may not even be remembering it accurately it's one of those it's probably one of those things where i'm remembering what i'm remembering rather than remembering what it actually is sure, sure. but um the other image is the, the panel where Boba Fett says that the, the, the Sarlacc found me somewhat indigestible. Somewhat indigestible, yes, <laughs> yeah, classic. <laughs> Which is kind of, kind of, it, it's, I don't know, it's forever burned in my brain. It's one of those really, really random bits of Star Wars dialogue, like "What's a duck?" Yes, I- you know. <laughs> if you've ever read the the Alan Dean Foster nineteen seventy six novelization, "What's a mm-hmm. duck?" Yep, um, and Obi Wan just yeah. just glosses over. It's like, oh, just don't worry about it. Yeah. Um yeah, I I was really waiting in the Boba Fett uh TV series uh for for him to say that uh it found me somewhat indigestible. And it never I came. I don't know why they didn't. I don't know why they didn't. They should I, have. They should have. There were cornier things than that in that show. Right? There That's were. what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah the fans I, I like it. I like my corny Star Wars, you know. I I yeah. like my I like my shiny little slow mopeds and all of the rest <laughs> of it. You know, I'm not complaining about any of that. But I would have, yeah, that that yeah. that line would have bowled me over. Um, anyway, let's get back to the tales of the Jedi. Let's do it. Um, and I, I've, I've got in my I've got in my notes here a reminder at this stage to talk about Nomi Sunrider because I suspected that that we might not it, she might not naturally come up in, in the course of conversation um now you did actually mention her in in passing alex yeah, briefly i guess you're expressing some reservations about like the people who are surrounding him the people he's having relationships with and i guess that includes nomi here mm. um how's she striking you in this one uh jesse what about you first uh, nomi was really tragically underused for the 
these stories, I feel. This, she was kind of her a Jedi Sentinel battle meditation, more of a more of a tool for the story. We do get the really good moment of her vengeance and grief with Ulick, which is absolutely interesting consequences because we only see that one more time where she just says, you're done, and she strips him of the force. Yeah. And you're like, whoa. Yeah. So that, that was really, we do see her a little bit more in Redemption, but I think we'll talk about that in a minute. Her arc is better there, but she's just underused. And like I said, it's a real tragedy. Yeah. Well, what about you, Alex? I totally agree. Um, I, I thought, you know, we, we talked some about her um, interesting and, and in uh, the Expanded Universe unique role as uh, a, a single mother protagonist, mm. uh, as a, a, a Jedi. Um, certainly one of the first, again, the, the, the publication dates are a little hazy for me after... I did look. Um, yeah, I, I did but, look up earlier yeah. that um, so the Jedi Academy novel, the Jedi Search, the first novel, landed in February '94. The first issue of Dark Lords of the Sith landed in October '94. If that helps. Okay. Okay. So he was probably writing them concurrently. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So that said, I, I think um, Nomi Sunrider was one of the first, if not the first uh female jedi uh that that got any significant amount of attention uh in the expanded universe which is is very cool um and then yeah her um her her involvement in these arcs does not pass the bechdel test i'll put it that way uh, yeah, no. it, 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 you know what? I, I think I caught something. I think it does barely because there's one panel. There's, mm. a, there's one panel where there's she one talks panel to her daughter so, quite a bit. Yeah, uh, there, there's later on. Where, yeah, there's a panel where where Silvar, the the Cathar Jedi, the female Cathar Jedi, mm. um, rescues Vima during that battle oh, on, that's on right. Deniba. And they exchange a few words. Okay. That, yeah. that aren't about a relationship with a man or something else. So yeah. it, I think it, it squeaks the Bechtel test, maybe, on at least in, in terms of looking for sort of um, adult women having a conversation. Yeah. Um, well, and, and ordinarily, I mean, I'm, I'm far from being a stickler about this kind of thing. I mean, men and women are both humans and they have relationships with each other mm-hmm. and you know, they, it, like that's, that's fine, you know, to acknowledge that, you know, a, a lot of what we spend our time doing is relating to members of the opposite sex and like, yeah, okay, whatever. But yeah, I, I, the, 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 the role that she's given in these, in these two arcs, I, I, I think I would divide that from her role in, in redemption, which is definitely the focus yeah. there is, is di- very yeah. different, but in these two arcs, um, Dark Lords of the Sith and the Sith War, um, the, the role she's given is just not very interesting. Be- no. Because the focus is really all on Ulick at this point. We're introduced to a fairly large ensemble cast of uh, of Jedi. We we get kind of the main players, the the Keldroma brothers, Tot the Nita, uh, Nomi Sunrider, um, Shoneb. Kulu, Dace Diath, we, you know, there, there's various others that are kind of B-listers yeah. in the story, yeah. but, but they're still, you know, they, they, they have an important, they have important roles. Um, and, and it, 
at this point, um, a lot of the spotlight really ends up being on on Ulik. So some of the other characters are sort of uh, given short shrift. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's nice that the world is populated with other characters who sort of are visually striking and that you call to mind and you kind of you enjoy seeing when they pop up again. Right. Um, right. But yeah, Nomi herself, you're right. Everything sort of revolves around Ulik here and they sort of they don't even make they don't really make good on the promise of her character as a, as a mother. You know, Vima is there no. very briefly. Yeah. And then I guess somebody else looks after her while Nomi's off being a Jedi. And yeah. there's, a, there's a strange sort of, not, not even the hint of it, you know, there's, there's the implication of a romantic relationship between Nomi and Ulik, but it, it doesn't feel earned. No. You, you, you don't see what it is that she sees in him other than they're both heroes and yes. they're available. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. There's, the, the relationship doesn't show up on the page at all no. and then you've got this this whole subplot which sort of almost completely fails the Bechdel test but the whole motivation Nomi's motivation for going sort of that she seeks out this confrontation with Ulik and it the whole scene becomes basically about Ulik choosing sexy Alima over Nomi right and that that, knows just that weird totally rings false to me yeah I, yeah I, I just yeah. Because that is that's what's presented on the surface of the situation, but yeah. I don't, I don't think that Ulik really cares about Alima. I mean, no. uh, he knows that she is lying to him the whole time. Like he knows that she is using him. So, yeah, the idea that he's that he's choosing her, uh, yeah, I. I it, it, it's one of those things that if, if this was kind of a modern live action drama, there'd be nuance there and you'd be able to, you'd see it in the character, in the actor's face that you know he's sending Nomi away because he just want he has, he's on mission and he needs to see this thing through with Alima, not because, but right. none of that shows up on the page here. It's just broad strokes, melodrama, opera, you know, right. Ulick is mine now, kind of vibe, and, you know. And for some reason, because we we talked about the 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 broad strokes melodrama of the earlier arcs, and I feel very differently about that. Do either of you? Mm. Do either of you have any idea why that might be? That that these because it it sounds like all three of us had a similar reaction to these arcs. Why did they not quite stick the landing for us? Whereas those earlier, like brilliant technicolor cast of thousands kind of melodrama stories in i think it's the passing i think it's passing the authors like we're getting a different look at these characters from kevin J. anderson mm. rather than tom batch and so he's got a little bit of a different way to, huh. way to tell the stories yeah that's, and that's the only thing i can think of it is very different i yeah i think there's something i, to, I think there's something so. to that jess yeah i mean mm. it's I th it, and it's interesting that, as we said, that perhaps Anderson was writing this alongside writing the Jedi Academy trilogy. And I do wonder yeah. if he was more concerned about sticking landings on plot points mm. in, in the same way that to, certainly to people of our generation, maybe look, the prequels at first blush landed a bit oddly because mm -hmm. everything was kind of in, in pursuance of 
a plot that we kind of knew in the broad strokes. We, yeah. it, you know, Padme yeah. in the tre- prequel trilogy as you go along is increasingly sidelined from brave senator who will take up arms to love interest to baby maker because that's what the story demands. Mm. And similarly here, I guess, you know, maybe Anderson is just too preoccupied with there are story beats that got hit because later these things have to happen. He's also not so great at writing romance. Yeah, Jess, I, I think you're right. I don't think he... If you read Darksaber, I love Darksaber, but Callista and Luke, it doesn't feel on either. And so I, I he's a great author, great Star Wars, but not so good with that. Yeah, I I enjoy the Callista trilogy for everything except Callista and Luke. Yeah, like that. That's that. They're the central relationship of that trilogy just does not work for me. But I I like so much else about those books that I'm I'm kind of willing to to overlook it more than than many fans that I've yeah, talked to. I actually like that trilogy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a weak romance. Like I, I, I like many things ab- about those books. Um, it's just I just I, I, I just don't believe the the Luke and Callista romance. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's a good point. Is that you've made a couple of good points, both of you. The the switch of authors from uh, the 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 earlier comics to to these later arcs because um, Frida Nad Uprising was co written by the by the two uh if i recall correctly and then these are are written uh just by by anderson so that's a um that's an important change and then just the fact that 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 writer is here focusing on something that he's he's not so good at handling as a writer yeah no yeah which is a shame which is a shame um which sadly brings us to the final story arc uh, mm. of the Tales of the Jedi comics, Redemption, um, which I think, as we've already alluded to, maybe does a better job vis-a-vis Nomi Sunrider. Mm. Um, so Redemption, set 10 years after the events of the Sith War, um, here we've got Ulic Keldroma sort of cutting a rather lonely figure, um, cut off from the Force, and, mm. and indeed the galaxy at large, it, it sounds a little like someone else we've seen in canon in recent years, mm-hmm. if you think about it. Um, and, and sort of s- stepping up to rise this this once great Jedi from his melancholy and regret as a young lady. Again, this is this is sounding mm-hmm. quite familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed that. But here, um, we've got Vima Sunrider, daughter of Nomi. Um, can this next generation of would-be Jedi learn anything from Ulick? Uh, and I guess, can Ulick achieve the redemption that he feels unworthy of? These are the sorts of questions that are posed. I mean, Jesse, this one feels to me like a very rather sort of sombre epilogue uh, of sorts. I kind of, I, I love it, but it's powerfully sad stuff. I mean, h- how does it strike you? It was really sad. I, I really just wrapped up the entire thing beautifully. I did notice the, the parallel. Mm. Interestingly enough, I wasn't fond of that particular movie. I loved the redemption on the, the same reasons that I disliked the film. I disliked it. Um, no, it wraps it up really beautifully. And a lot of that is I had read Tales of the Jedi and the Sith War back in the 90s. Yeah. I read Redemption 
last year. Yeah. It brought me to tears. Yeah. Like, and just, it was a really powerful story. You see, you know, he has lost so much. You, you get to see a, a better look at, at him, like the consequences of all of that he's done. I don't know how that necessarily works, but it really does work. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had a similar experience insofar as I read this later in life um, relative to, to when I read some of the earlier um, stuff. And it, it, yeah, maybe it's a, maybe it's a middle age thing, but some of this really, it, it kind of hits you, you know? Um, and it, for, for me, I, I didn't have the same problems necessarily with, um, with that movie. And I kind of, some of the things that I love about um, sad, regretful Luke <laughs> in mm. Last Jedi is kind of I feel you, you know. Mm. I've, I've I've been down a few roads myself <laughs> by this <laughs> stage, and I kind of I, I get where you're at. I, Sometimes yeah. I want to go hang out on a on a on an island, you know. Mm. <laughs> I think that's why I didn't like it because I'd been down that road too, yeah. and I wanted to see the Luke we saw in the Mandalorian, mm. not the Luke we saw. Yeah. Like I, I, now, I can watch an opinion of the film but I, I didn't need that loop when we saw it i needed something anyway yeah back to back to you alex Sorry. yeah uh, uh, alex yeah i well i had a a similarly favorable reaction both the first time and most recently when i read it i uh, i also um read this one it wasn't quite as long but it was a few years after i had read uh the other uh miniseries uh in in the tales of the the jedi series um there was there was a few years there between when i read all those and and then finally coming around to redemption and i was i was actually surprised when i found it because this was in the days when when there was much less internet and um you know you you sort of would be surprised by things uh that you find in a in a bookstore and um so there was this this coda waiting to this series that I had, I had loved and, you know, and um, I hadn't known that there was any plan in the works to redeem Ulick. Uh, just, you know, it ended very, like you said earlier, downbeat uh, yeah. <laughs> in uh, the Sith war. And, and I, I just figured that was, that was it. Um, and this I think is the, is the best, anderson scripted comic that i have ever read yeah uh i think he really hit his stride here 100%. and i noticed um more than ever before particularly because i i stayed up late late uh rereading these these arcs the the um sith war and and the redemption um redemption is a much faster read uh mm. because it is so much more uh in comic art terms decompressed there is much less dialogue uh and narration on each page so that um i think that that started in comics in the the 1980s uh the the trend toward decompression of of you know yeah. letting really letting the visual language of the medium take center stage and, and treating it yeah. almost more like film. Um, yeah. And boy, that can make all the difference. Um, 
it really can. I mean, but I guess th th this is the earliest example of that hitting Star Wars that I've read. I and mean, I, I, I know I've seen lots of gaps. There are lots of gaps in my 90s Star Wars comics knowledge. Yeah, I, I've, but... I've read, I think, all of the comics. Um, yeah. Yeah, that were that were published in the 90s. And um, yeah, I, I think this is this is really a um, this is a striking departure. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and it's. I mean, it's not just a different art style. It's a different approach to the use of art in sequential form in t in telling yeah. a story. Um, it's because yeah. it, Chris Gossett had had um, done some of the art in the the earlier arcs, uh, but he's just he's doing a he's doing a different thing here. It's it it just it looks like a different artist. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's it, it's it really wildly does. different. I didn't realize he was one of the yeah. It's wildly different to anything um, mm -hmm. that, that he put in on on the title earlier in, in its run. Um, yeah, there's there's a um, there's a kind of melancholy that pervades this whole arc. It's very it's very somber, yeah. um, and the 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 final frames on that last page. I had never thought of this parallel before, mm. but they're. Um, I, I'm almost sure, uh, looking at it now, that uh, Dave Filoni was was quoting that visually in the conclusion of of the Clone Wars. Um, nope. I saw that too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's on on the uh, the the snowy, um, dismal yeah. kind of wasteland Very planet, um, saying saying goodbye uh yeah to to a a former master um yeah it's it's a re really powerful image um couldn't couldn't help hearing that uh the the music from that last episode in my in, in the back of my head uh as i was reading this time yeah absolutely I, i'm i'm just looking at it right now i just picked it up i've, I've had a copy sitting next to me while we've been talking and hmm. um, we, we've got Vima sort of standing um, on a cliff overlooking this sort of uh, sort of icy, icy landscape mm -hmm. as the, sort of the rags of Avulik's robes waft away in the breeze. Yeah. And she says he had the heart of a Jedi. Mm. It's yeah. Yeah. And, and the, the sparing dialogue and the visuals just elevate it, you know, mm -hmm. Um it's it's worlds apart from where we started with um, all of the sort of the the, the melodrama and the swashbuckling and <laughs> yes else, the swooning you know? the swooning and the daring do yeah know, about. yeah um, this is like Ulit Keldroma as as played by Kiefer Sutherland like <laughs> yes ooh that would be good wouldn't it though. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's got that the gruff kind of Jack Bauer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could see him doing a good Exarchun though as well. Mm. To be fair, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this this is such a such a remarkable swan song for the whole uh, Tales of the Jedi series. I think uh, it's it's just yeah. just beautiful. They pulled out all the stops here. Yeah, uh, it's a it's a it's a different different style of writing, different style of art, um, and it 
it gives us a much a much more tender farewell to this character than I think anybody could have anticipated. I I can't think. We don't see redemption a lot in Star Wars. No, no right? Yeah, not really. No, we're not 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 too often. It's not in debt. We he has more than a deathbed. He's yeah. still not a deathbed. He's like, I oh, mean, you're gonna die. Oh wait, no, I was good. <laughs> he had to live with his stuff and come back, you know. Yeah, yeah. He, it. he really like he dwells on it for a long time. It's really, um, Johnny. The the uh, the parallel that you brought up to to Luke in um, the Last Jedi uh, is is an interesting one because there you have a character who has not fallen to the dark side. You have a character who has who has effectively been defeated. His 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 plans have been foiled. Um, he was doing all the right things, and it, it all blew up in his face anyway. And now he has, he has retreated from the the from the reality of living with that, and and he's just yeah. he's he's just kind of living out his days. And Ulick has has fallen, but then. He's he's been through some shit. Like starting my language. Yeah. He's he's been he's been through the ringer and he he is he is in a process of, of repentance. Um yeah. he is uh to 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 borrow a, a, a Greek term, a a, a metania. He is making a he's he is turning the Greek word that, that we, we translate repent. Uh, is literally to make a turning, to turn around 180. Uh, and yeah. th so that's what we see is this process of someone who has fallen, but it's not a, it's not a deathbed repentance. Like you said, it's, it's a real, like a long he's process. Yes. He's yeah. working, he's working it out. Yeah. Um, and it's hard. Yeah. The, 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 yeah. There's definite yeah. shades of penance in there. Of mm. just, he's, he's genuinely penitent. And yeah. he's he's punishing himself, you know. Absolutely, you know, sackcloth um, and ashes. Absolutely, he's he's not physically flagellating himself, but you know that he is beating himself up every day, every minute, every minute of every day. Yep. You know, uh, and yeah. he knows there is nothing that he can do to make what he did better. Mm. Um, and he, he's yeah, he's wrestling with all of that, and it 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 sh that shows up on the page. The weight of that shows up on the page in a way that none of the emotional entanglements of the preceding couple of arcs really showed up on the page at all. None. Yeah, it's it's you astounding. Know, it's full of dialogue wild. as those one as those were. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um. You never feel the emotional heft. Nope. But here you do, which is what it's beautiful. It's it, it sort of it, it makes everything better. And yes. it's awful and it's sad, <laughs> but yeah. you know, it's like finally this, 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 these stories are making me feel something, you know, yeah. they really stuck the yeah. landing as far as making it emotionally satisfying. 100%. Yeah. Mm. And the, the, the way that he, the way that he goes out, um, so unexpectedly oh. this, this yeah. little, um, this sad little man, a pilot, a pilot, Ho Hogan. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, um, because oh, he thinks that he's just wanted to smack him through the I face. Know, he thinks he's doing the galaxy a great service. Like, 
did he kill the great exarch or the great who the killed Lord? You're like, oh, you're oh, you're kidding oh. me. Yeah, it's just he's yeah. grabbing he's grabbing his fifteen minutes of fame, isn't he? It's right. awful, yep. absolutely and... awful. I think he thought he was doing the right thing. He's like, I, I destroyed this great evil. Yeah, yeah. like the great evil had already been destroyed. Like, oh, and he minutes. gets he gets chastised yeah. for it, but then they just let him go because, like, what are you gonna do? Yeah. nothing yeah. makes it better no. no no and that's yeah it's a it's a beautiful it's a beautiful moment for the survivors there um seeing this this injustice take place under the under the guise of justice mistakenly yeah. and they just let it slide because they they know that nothing that they could do to take vengeance here to to you know to make Hogan see the error of his ways like it's it no like he's he doesn't he doesn't need to be punished you you just have to you just have to accept it and yeah and move on yeah absolutely a devastating way to <laughs> to finish <laughs> to finish an era um yeah but so so very good and i yeah, yeah. I, I wish everyone would read the whole tales of the jedi uh run and even if they have the reserve even if folk have their reservations along the way i think redemption will kind of have everybody on the same page at the last page it know? will uh it will redeem yeah. yeah, well, it, <laughs> it, but I'm... It will redeem the redemption. Yeah, there you are. <laughs> it does what it says on the tin. Yes. As they yes. say. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Right, guys, I think that's going to wrap us up. For, All right. Um, the, the first episode of the rebranded Legends Library. Be gone 15 <laughs> minutes. We laugh in the face of 15 yeah, minutes. We, 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 15. We, we cock a snook at your quarter hour <laughs> target. Um... Alex and Jesse, thank you so much again for, for coming on and chatting today. Thank you, um, Johnny. It's really a pleasure. It, it, it's a You're pleasure. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Um, where can folk find you if you don't mind folk finding you online, Jess? Instagram, Legends Twin Sun 1980. That's, the, that's where you find me. Lovely. Alex, what about you? I am on Instagram as well at Bookstagrammaticus. Uh, and of course, folks, you can find me on Instagram or threads as at Journals of the Wills or, or on Twitter as at Journals Wills. And of course, you can reach out to the podcast team on all the usual social media channels. Just look for at SWBC Podcast. Uh, Legends Library should now be a weekly affair, more or less. We'll see. Uh, as will our sister show, the Canon Catch-Up is where that is where the canon in 15 minutes uh show has landed um next up for legends we'll be talking about john jackson miller's knights of the old republic comic series and there's a lot to cover in there so that that could be a long one and next up for canon will be dark disciple which is one of my favorites even though i really miss legend quinlan voss um in the meantime it's a goodbye from alex taylor bye and it's a goodbye from Jesse Gardner. May the force be with you. And it's a goodbye from me. Thanks for listening, folks. We'll catch you next time on the Star Wars Book Community Podcast.